last week, a federal judge issued that injunction that blocks the Defense Department from moving forward with its Jedi cloud contract. It's going to be another couple of weeks before we see unsealed court documents that explain the exact reasons for that decision. One thing's for sure, though, it's yet another big setback for that Jedi program. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has been following the Jedi saga for the past two years. He joins us now to bring us up to date on where things stand. And Jared, uh, oy, 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 I guess they're still picking up the pieces, having had the weekend to mull it. But uh, where do things stand? I guess let's start with what would have happened Friday, if not for the injunction. Yeah, so on Friday, I mean, that, that really would have been and was supposed to have been the first what they call substantive task order under the Jedi contract. And it, and it really is where things get started and where Jedi becomes Jedi. They start building the unclassified portions of the environment. They start actually bringing on DOD customers at, as, as part of what they call the Pathfinder projects. Those users from across DOD actually get accounts in the Jedi system so that they can go in and request and start to provision cloud services. So this really would have been the start of the real deal, at least on the unclassified side, which DOD says is actually a precursor that you have to have before you start building toward the, the secret and top secret uh, capabilities that are supposed to come online or were supposed to come online as part of Jedi later this year. All right, so that's not happening now. And what do we know about the thinking behind Judge Campbell Smith's decision? Do we really know anything about it? Uh, we, we don't know anything definitively. We we can we can draw some conclusions based on documents that have been available in the in the court system so far. But her actual opinion and order from last week was filed under seal, and we are not going to see a redacted version of that for another couple weeks here. But based on the the documents that were in front of her, the motions that were in front of her from both the Amazon side and from the DoD side, I think you know I, I don't think I'm going out too far on a limb here to say. I don't believe that she ruled or, or that her decision was based on any of the alleged um, conflicts of interest and bias issues Amazon has presented in this case, um, dealing with President Trump and his his supposed dislike for Amazon and the negative comments that he's made about Amazon and its founder, Jeff Bezos. The president is mentioned in Amazon's motion for a temporary restraining order as just a footnote. They spend the rest of those 60-plus pages really talking about the boring kind of details that you would normally see in a bid protest at the Court of Federal Claims. They all deal with very specific details about how they're alleging DOD made incorrect decisions or unfair decisions when they were going through individual evaluation factors of the nine that made up uh, what was ultimately going to uh, go into the Jedi decision. We don't know many details behind those either because that, those documents are also heavily redacted, the sort of thing that you would do when you're trying to protect proprietary uh, competition-sensitive information. But I think the one thing we can say with a fair degree of certainty is that the bias issues were really not in front of the judge, at least as far as this temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction goes. So she, she most likely made it on those, on those grounds uh, of, of, you know, did DOD fairly evaluate the two proposals? Here. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu. It's possible she looked at those provisions and all of that technical detail and concluded there might be something here. I need, as a judge, more time to figure this out because she's going to hear and decide the merits at some point. But do you think she could have some clue in her mind that, you know, I have a feeling that 
Amazon could eventually prevail, therefore the injunction. Yeah, and that, that's certainly one thing that people are speculating about in the absence of actually being able to see the opinion. And, and maybe we should just talk about what you have to do to get a preliminary injunction like Amazon did, because it's not necessarily an easy thing. You have to meet a four-part test. One is, like, like you said, that, that you're, you're likely to succeed on the merits eventually, that you would suffer irreparable harm if you don't get the preliminary injunction, that the overall balance of harms weighs in your favor, and that there's public interest involved here. Theoretically, you're supposed to get all four, but, but you know, you can be weak in one area and super strong in another area. So it's it's possible that um, the judge, for example, and I'm just making this, this scenario up, but it's possible that she decided that the balance of harms, for instance, was way in Amazon's favor. And that's that's an argument they were making as part of the run-up to this injunction that, you know, DOD and Microsoft really aren't going to suffer here if there's an injunction in place because this thing is already dragged out for two years. DOD has delayed the process itself. It's never really shown that it's in a super big hurry to get Jedi online and, and that, you know, it's really made no showing that there would be harm to warfighters, for example, if, if, if this if this capability was delayed. In the meantime, they're arguing that they really would be harmed because Microsoft would become entrenched as the Jedi incumbent contractor if they were allowed to get to work last Friday. So, I mean, for example, she, she could have decided in that direction without necessarily figuring that Amazon is really for sure going to win in the long run. To, to win that likelihood of success on the merit test, it's really just like there has to be a 51% chance in the judge's mind that, that Amazon's going to be the ultimate victor in the lawsuit. It's not necessarily that she has to conclude this is a slam dunk case for them. Well, explain her hedging her bets by having Amazon put up that $42 million bond. Yeah, from from the the few legal experts I've talked to so far, that is somewhat unusual in a bid protest case, and and that's probably related to the fact that DoD in its filings up until this point had had really made mathematically based claims that it would suffer financial harms if certain scenarios came into play here, and maybe we can get into that, that, that they have gamed out exactly how much it would cost them to start buying the sorts of services that they would be buying under Jedi via other contracting vehicles that they already have in place. And in those initial few months, a few months of, of the you know contract performance, they estimate that it would almost double the cost that they would expect to pay under Jedi at an additional cost of something like five to seven million dollars per month. So she may have done a calculation based on those estimates that DOD provided. But the point is they have other ways of getting to their cloud objective, even if not to their cloud cost hopes. That's right. And and that's another point that, that Amazon has made. I mean, that, that the company has said in its court filings that, look, there's no one out there in, in the military services or in the defense components that are really clamoring for Jedi or that are going without cloud capabilities right now because they have other ways to buy cloud capabilities. The, the kind of Defense Department response to that is, yes, we can go purchase infrastructure as a service and platform as a service capabilities off of the GSA schedules, for example, but it's not the same thing as JEDI. It, it, it's, in effect, cobbling together different line items and trying to create an approximation of what we think we would get via Jedi, which is, as they describe it, this kind of integrated set of services that can take take data all the way down from the unclassified level and software applications, all the way down from the unclassified level up to the classified level, give you tactical edge capabilities in, in kind of a seamless managed environment that, that, that you wouldn't necessarily get if you're buying these things in a more 
ad hoc fashion. So they say that buying these things would be suboptimal and more expensive. But at the same time, they put forward a court filing that says we could do it and how much it would and this is how much it would cost. So I think that's one of the big questions going forward now is with this preliminary injunction in place, do they start to do some of that and, and get to work on sort of a proto Jedi in some way um, until, until the court case reaches its conclusion? Because it looks as though that injunction is going to stay in place until there is a final decision on the underlying Amazon lawsuit. And when could that final decision happen? Is that simply something that the judge has to cogitate on and issue it? Or are there more trials, more motions and more hearings? There's a lot of moving pieces to this still. So it would be really hard to predict how many more months this will drag on. I would say probably the biggest moving piece is this outstanding request that Amazon still has before the court to supplement what they call the administrative record. And the biggest piece of that is that last week we, we saw that they had made really a broad request for discovery in the case, which involves not just document requests from DOD and a bunch of interrogatories that they want contracting officials to fill out, but sworn depositions from President Trump himself, from former Defense Secretary James Mattis and current Defense Secretary Mark Esper. The judge is going to have to rule on all that, approve all, all of that if she decides to. If she says yes to some or all of that, it would theoretically you know, extend the trial process by some unknown amount. But but once all of that is done or not done, if she rejects it all, yeah, both parties will go before the court with what they call cross motions on the administrative record. The judge would decide on those cross motions uh, for, an, for an ultimate ruling here. If it's not dragged out by discovery, based on what we saw in the Oracle case, this thing could be done in, in a couple, three months, but it's it's just very hard to, to, to predict that at this point. In the meantime, the legal meters keep ticking off, huh? That's right. And there are very large legal teams, not just uh, involved at the Department of Justice side, but a very large private legal team on the Amazon side and to a lesser extent on the Microsoft side. So they are, I would say it's probably fair to say, racking up as much in legal bills as the department would expect to spend on Jedi in its first year. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu, thanks so much. Thank you, Tom. Check out his stories, all of his coverage at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.